Welcome to episode number 63. In this episode, Lynn and I will be talking about ancestral healing. So this is a little bit more of an esoteric episode. So if you are new to the whole souls and reincarnation thing, listen to episode number 30 about past lives and reincarnation and or episode 18 about soulmates and karmic partners, just for some background, because we do go into some esoteric concepts and it might not be, it's not super relatable if you, if you're not really um, if you haven't really studied these things before or read about them before. So going into this episode, um, when we enter this life, our souls bear the burden of our ancestors. So burden means not only their empowered aspects and their blessings, but also the, uh, their unhealed trauma and their wounds. So being that our ancestors are other versions of us, it is up to our current selves to heal and transmute the pain and suffering that may remain unresolved in our lineage. So if we choose not to heal what we can, it kind of remains and lingers in our energy field and it will be passed down for our future generations to heal. And this can be kind of framed as more of a neutral thing because when we do not heal, the lessons that remain in our lineage will attract new and old souls that are coming here to experience those lessons. Um, But however, keeping this in mind, if we are learning or we have learned difficult lessons in this life, it is wise to kind of do what we can in order to lessen the harshness of those lessons for our future generations to come. And the reason for this is um, the healing will help us kind of build a more sustainable, mindful world and then move humanity into more of like a golden age with less suffering for our future generations. So now that we've kind of touched on this, why is ancestral healing so important in the self-healing journey. So when I asked this question, the dragonfly came to mind and the dragonfly is characterized by the elements of air and water and air and water represent our mind and our emotions. So the dragonfly represents breaking free of old paradigms and illusions that hold us back from the progression of our soul. So it asks us to tap into transformation and our pure potential. It also brings a new awareness and a fresh perspective to life, revealing a path of freedom. And much like the dragonfly, ancestral healing helps us to move forward on our soul's path, releasing heaviness in our mind and emotions that may prevent us from experiencing the magic of life in the present moment. So if you think about a dragonfly's lifespan, it's very, very short, and it kind of reminds us to be in the present moment and enjoy the magic of life. Mm. So ancestral healing is healing the issues that are not only affecting the individual, but the entire family lineage in generations to come. Our ancestors are us. So when we do ancestral healing, we are healing healing our foundations, the beginnings of our um, incarnations and of our beings as well. So our physical body is built from inherited genetic structures. We incarnate again and again into the consciousness of our physical bodies, which hold records of our entire experience of life, all the way back to our first incarnation on this earth. Our ancestral intelligence fears the unknown more than anything else. It perceives 180 transformations as death 
of the trajectory of surviving, which the ego knows how to do so well. It is our physical body versus our etheric, etheric body and our lower chakras versus our upper ones. So there is a conflict between our soul and our body or our ancestral intelligence. So what exactly does this conflict mean? There are energetic imprints, lesser and higher ones. Conflict manifests as lesser or denser imprints. So things like destructive behavior um, and self-sabotage, family themes such as low confidence or sexual shame, themes of an abandonment or grief show up and detrimental patterns that repeat throughout the entire family or through the lineage, um, such as issues making and keeping money and feeling like you have plateaued in your life and feel restless or like there's something more, but you can't really pinpoint exactly what it is or what you kind of even truly want. So all of this can be an ancestral energetic imprint that has been passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. And there's one um, point that I want to touch on again, and it's talking about how our ancestral intelligence is um, whenever we have big transformations in our life, like a 180, basically, like we do, when we do a 180 in our life, or like we just completely transform in some aspect of our life, it kind of perceives it as a death. So um, it's like an ego death. I'm sure like those of listening have heard of ego deaths, but it's basically it it puts a blip in our, in our ego and our trajectory of, of survival. So our ego is like, okay, well, this is what I perceive of as your highest path of surviving. Um, so it has that soul conflict with the ego, with the soul, um, when the ego and the soul just kind of don't agree on like what survival means. Cause the soul is way beyond survival, right? It wants us to experience the fullness of life. It wants us to experience, you know, our soul calling our soul, our soul passions rather than just surviving, which would be just scraping the surface of life or just, um, you know, just having a, an, an existence that's not really thriving and not really living. You're just, you know, just skating along, but that's, that's surviving and that's living in, excuse me, living in fear, which is what the ego knows how to, to do so well is to live and, um, and keep your, keep you safe. But yeah, so just touching on that again, um, it's just interesting how we have this conflict and it causes these energetic imprints. Um, and because there's these old family wounds that can influence us in many ways, from our, our thoughts to emotions to beliefs, we may remain ignorant to our patterns because they're what we perceive of, as normal to us, especially if they've been in our family for generations. So there are studies in epigenetics that have told us that the majority of illnesses that run in the family can be avoided by, for example, healthy habits, lifestyle, environmental changes. So just like that, these energetic imprints can be healed by the same regard. So including healing our mindset, um, releasing repressed emotions. So from here, we can kind of ask ourselves the following questions. In what way are we being where is our energy going and what are we choosing to create from our current paradigm? And it is important to remember that we can also take on the learned lessons and power of our ancestors. So not only limit the limiting patterns that are being uh, passed down to you from ancestor to ancestor, you're also taking on the empowerment, the blessings, the healing they did 
Um, and that's why when you feel like you're an old soul, it's because you have many ancestors, many incarnations on this life where you learn many lessons and you feel like you can navigate life a little bit, you know, a little bit differently than a new soul, for example. I don't know if, um, how much experience, like for Lynn, like what is your perspective on that as far as how a new soul navigates life versus an old soul? I feel like an old soul, like, I don't know if it's, this is because like I have an influenced answer or like this is actually coming from me, but I feel like an old soul, um, they carry more wisdom with them for like because of like all the lives that they reincarnated into. So they're able to kind of navigate through life with a more, um, more calm, like sense of calm. Like they're not so easily like triggered and like they just I don't know I don't want to say they are more stoic like I don't know how to explain but they just like can assess a situation better than someone who is like say a new soul that's what like what I think like you know if you're a child versus an adult and you run into a problem like that's how I see it is an old soul would be the adult and the new soul would be the child and the way that they run into or navigate their life is like two totally different ways. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It, it really does go into wisdom because wisdom and intelligence are so different, right? Because I mean, you can have like all the knowledge, all the intelligence in the world, but as far as wisdom, it's basically like you implementing all of, all of the things you've learned, whether from experience or whether from reading or, um, you know, maybe conversations with others or relationships, whatever it may be. It's like that wisdom that really sets um, a new soul and an old soul apart. And I think the really important thing to remember with ancestral healing is um, a new soul or an old soul can do ancestral healing, but typically a new soul is not going to be drawn to ancestral healing because it's not going to really be on their radar in this life. Um, And that was just be I mean, that, that could totally, I'm not saying every single new soul out there is going to never be drawn to ancestral healing, but typically that's going to be an, um, something you're drawn to as an older soul, because, you know, you feel the heaviness and the denseness that you came into this life with, and you want to clear it out and, um, move forward with like a more clear path and more clarity and whatnot. So that kind of like, um, I don't know if you want to go over what ancestral healing or how we go about ancestral healing is, but that would be kind of um, just like a little precursor to, you know, who's really seeking out ancestral healing is typically going to be an old soul. Yeah. So how exactly do we go about ancestral healing and what is the first step? So knowing our truth is the first step and perhaps the most healing of all. This is our individual medicine. So it looks different to everybody. This can look like us getting extremely clear and truthful about the type of person we are, what our strengths and weaknesses are, what we like, dislike about our families, societal societal conditioning and structure we may adhere to, or knowing the direction we are headed if we hadn't awakened versus the direction we're heading now. This can be a great journaling practice after meditation. We can sit down to meditate with the intention to reconnect with authenticity and afterwards be right about what you feel your truth is or like whatever really comes to your mind. 
And the next question we can ask ourselves is how we are going to tap into the power of our ancestors and use what we've learned and healed from to guide us in living out our personal truth. If we feel disconnected from this authentic aspect of ourselves, we can, we, we can reconnect and invite this energy back into our lives. Or how can we reconnect this and invite this energy back? <laughs> we know what you mean. <laughs> how can... <laughs> you get it <laughs> you get it how can we reconnect yeah for sure and and I know this is kind of more of like an abstract ep- episode a podcast episode but it's really been something that's on the forefront of um, a lot of people's minds lately because when you clear that when you clear the ancestral you can feel an energetic shift because um, like per- from personal experience you can feel the shift and I actually am due for more of this healing, but, and that's particularly why I was drawn to writing this episode because I, I typically like Lynn and I, whenever we have a new concept that we write about, or we, um, you know, we, we talk about on a podcast, it's, it's going on in our lives right now. So that's how we try to, we try to implement the things that we talk about in the podcast. So, um, we also learning with you guys, but I don't know, it's really cool because you can, for ancestral healing, you can have a facilitator, or you can do, you can go about it yourself. I just, um, I know there's some really great ancestral healing facilitators, oh my gosh, facilitators out there. And um, like, I personally, I have experience with a shamanic, shamanic um, ancestral healing facilitator and she was amazing. And it was right after I came back from my Costa Rica trip and she reached out to me. She was on, she was in the, on my, in my group for the ayahuasca retreat and she reached out to me to kind of be like a test subject for her and it was really great we just did it over the phone and um because you know the distance healings are not bound by space time or ego or anything like that so it was really cool to see and feel the shift that happened after the after the call and um i don't know if anyone is interested in doing this but i'm this is something i'm looking i'm bit have been researching to incorporate in my practice as well. So if you guys are, are drawn to that, please reach out to me. Cause I would love to have some test subjects for that. Um, so I can kind of learn and, and, um, you know, practice and see where we can go with that. So anyway, um, your test subject. yes. Oh my gosh. And I still, I still have yet to do a, a reading for Len. <laughs> so if anyone knows, I have a, I'm an Etsy that I, I, I do readings on and Reiki sessions for, and Lynn has yet to do a reading with me. So <laughs> I will uh, I'll have to, I'll have to get on to you about that. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just to go off of, uh, of what Ali was saying, she's actually our podcast sponsor. <laughs> so if so you're interested in getting a reading done or getting a Reiki session done by Ali, um, you can just go to our show notes and then there's a link to her Etsy shop where you can sign up to get a reading or Reiki session. Yay. Thank you so much guys for listening to this episode and thank you, Lynn. And we will talk to you in the next episode. Hopefully we'll have some juicy stuff coming for you guys. Um, we're, I wanted to, I like to do more on these, these healing episodes, these different modalities. So to keep a lookout for those. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.